to be hardcore, you want to be extreme, well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes, and please be drunk when you hear it. It's a drunk podcast. I can rim like a motherfucker. You already saw my Sullivan in San Diego. He got a golden shower. Bundy just fucking cream pied Albano. I've been drunk. I've never been cum drunk. Woo! What's up, Drunk Marks, Drunk Marquettes? Welcome to Drunk Wrestling History. I'm Adam, your designated host, and they are the Drunk Wrestling Historians. This is Eddie. Let us drink till thine asses are drunk. And this is Scott. Win if you can, lose if you must, but always drink. Thank you all very much for joining us. We have a rather odd, but let's say fun pay-per-view that uh, we're going to be covering for all of you. But uh, you know what's not odd, but totally normal? Wearing a Drunk Wrestling History t-shirt, so why don't you jump on it already? Jeez. Head over to whatamaneuver.net, get those Drunk Wrestling History t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, onesies, great uh, variety for on-demand printing, soft quality material, whatamaneuver.net, buy a fucking shirt. Buy a fucking shirt. Yeah, because this Bacardi's not paying for itself. Exactly. Times are tough. Uh, Before we jump into it also, I'm sure that you have beverages in hand. Uh, yeah, I'm drinking a daiquiri, um, just a straight rum and lime and uh, some simple syrup daiquiri, uh, Bacardi. Um, I had a shot of Fernet Branca earlier, and I just did a shot of, I killed the bottle of Mezcal that um, I drank on the epi- like uh, episode back in like September or something, September, August. I just killed that. That was my birthday present to myself. It lasted from the beginning of August till now it's the end of March, so I did pretty good. Nice. nice. And uh, I've got uh, Sailor Jerry again. It seems to be doing the trick on these last few rounds of recording. So uh, Sailor Jerry and mixing it up a little bit, Cherry Coke. So, oh, fuck. Really? That's so disgusting. sophisticated. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. That's the grossest fucking thing I've ever heard. No, it's <laughs> That's not. That's got to be worse. That's got to be worse than Shannon's butthole juice. <laughs> dude, take my word for it. Nothing is worse than that. <laughs> oh, God. I've got Bundaberg Root Beer, Australian family owned. And uh, Eddie also has one quick note uh, before we jump into it. Uh, yeah, hopefully. So um, qu- uh, part of the note is I'll go into um, Adam. I'm just going to say what uh, pay-per-view we're doing. I'm just going to jump Do the gun it. here. Um, we're doing Halloween Havoc 95. Scott suggested. So this is... This episode's dropping the day before WrestleMania. This is Friday, WrestleMania weekend. Scott suggested we do this episode because I was like, hey, man, hopefully we'll get some new listeners because I'm going to flyer um, the shows we're going to. So I was like, we should pick a good one to do that um, that week. He'd already mentioned to me maybe a week or two before that we should do Halloween Havoc 95. And I was like, what episode should we do that would be really good to put up that week if it's people's first time hearing the show? He's like, Halloween Havoc 95. I said, okay, all right. Yeah, because I know what goes on in this. I think that's a good one. Um, 
what was I getting at? Oh, we're going to be there. Adam and I are, Scott's not going to be there, but Adam and I are going to be there. So if anyone's in town for WrestleMania and wants to hang out, hit us up on Twitter. Um, we're probably going to be bar hopping or at least hang out in a bar. I'm thinking downtown, definitely Friday and Saturday, probably, probably definitely both those nights. Or if um, you see one guy wearing a drunk wrestling he- history t-shirt and another guy carrying him, uh, <laughs> that, I mean, head right over the, that's us. Yeah, if you see anyone in the Drunk Wrestling History shirt, it's almost definitely us. <laughs> We're the only <laughs> ones that have bought them. Yeah, so come up and say what's up to us. Or like I said, if you guys are in town, you're looking for something to do, you want to go get some drinks. Um, or some pork Hit ribs. us up on Twitter or Instagram, and um, we'll try to meet up if we're in the same area and we can do it. You know, So that'd be fun. Right. And you all can right. buy me a drink because uh, I think you owe me for all the free entertainment we give you every Friday. Or provide proof that you bought a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> or buy buy him a drink because he's going to be celebrating his, if I'm not mistaken, 20th WrestleMania. It's going to be my 20th. I'm actually getting a, um, I'm getting a tattoo that sometime that week. My sister-in-law lives there. She's a tattoo artist. And I'm getting a commemorative 20th WrestleMania tattoo while we're there. On my fucking neck. Is this wow. more WrestleManias than Hogan was in? No, he wasn't a 20. What are you talking about? That's what I'm saying. You've been at more WrestleManias than Hulk Hogan. Oh, I've been in way more than fucking Hogan. Yeah. I don't well think. Done, dude. I, I've probably been to more than anyone besides Undertaker and Triple H. I'd have to count, but I'm... Or Randy maybe, Orton? Uh, He's getting no. there. No. Orton's first one was 20. So, no. I've been to more. Damn. Yeah, so... Anyway, oh, let's get right. into this because if we do have any new listeners, they're probably getting bored with our fucking jibber jabber. <laughs> our longtime listeners like when we bullshit. Well, some of them do anyway. Probably some of them. Um, probably new some listeners of them sk- will grow to appreciate it. Yeah, probably some of them skip through the shit. I don't know. But uh, let's get into the show. As uh, Eddie stated, this is WCW Halloween Havoc in the year of our Lord 1995 at the Joe Lewis Arena in Detroit, Michigan. Tony Skiavone and Bobby the Brain are your commentators. Uh, you can't this- go wrong with Bobby the Brain, and Skiavone has never been one of my favorites, but I do like him in WCW. Well, uh, Bobby Heenan makes him better, so there it is. Bobby Heenan makes everyone and everything better. Yes, he does. <laughs> we have a whole episode about him. Yeah, if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it. It's like episode like six or something. Yeah. And that's one of the ones that's going to go away in the next couple months. Yeah, go listen to it now. It's amazing. We promise. Uh, we start off with, uh, a, I mean, there's pyro, there's intros. They say hi, welcome, how are you? All that hallmark bullshit. And, and then, then there's clips of Hogan and the Giant already on the roof of the. Well, hold, hold on, back up. Before that, we get what? another amazing cartoony video. Oh, right. <laughs> and they right. clearly have not increased the cartoon budget since Halloween Havoc '89. They haven't increased the budget, <laughs> but it's the same class. They're just now a few grades up. <laughs> yeah, but they haven't gotten any better at computer graphics. <laughs> yeah, it's the greatest. The, the cartoon is so fucking bad. I loved it. It was just like. And it was one of those things where you're like, man, like, especially like back then, you watch it and you're like, this company's just fucking Bush League, dude. Yeah, it's like the level of something Impact would put out today. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> That's cold. But you're right. Then we go into the clip of Hogan and Giant in the monster trucks. 
Already in them. Already in them, and I was like, "Wait, are they?" Star-? I didn't look at the the um, lineup or I, or anything. You know, I didn't know what matches went on first or what. So I was like, "They're starting off with." First of all, they're starting off with monster trucks, and I went into this show cold. I didn't know why they're fucking doing monster trucks. I didn't know yeah. anything. See, that's the I best d- part. And all of a sudden, there's monster trucks on the fucking roof of the arena. Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, it made no fucking sense. And then it was like. But then they're talking about the monster trucks are going to be chained together, but they're not chained together yet. So it's like a dog collar match with monster trucks. Like yes. they're trying to pump. Yes. Like, let them get It's like in a there Piper and, and Valentine were trucks. First. Yes. They're what? bound together. Yeah. But they're up on the roof burning fuel, apparently. Like two and a half hours before they're supposed to go live. Right, right. They wouldn't do that shit now. They'd put Turner out of business with the price of gas. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was so at this point I'm I have no idea. I'm at sixes and sevens, dude. Like I don't know what's going on on this show. I'm so confused. And then we get a weird ass video package of Sting and Brian Pillman and there's music yeah. playing over the commentary and it was a whole the whole open of the show was a disaster. Yeah, it was a mess, just I mean, like the opening uh computer graphics that they showed there. And then there, we find out that Arn and Pillman have jumped Flair, so it could be a handicap match later. Right, right. But, like, I don't know why they... That should have been just, like, a backstage thing that happened. You know what I mean? It, like, a camera's running back there to catch it. But it was, like... Because it happened supposedly at this show, right? It, it wasn't, like, the week before. It happened before they went on the air, yet yes. they have no footage of it happening. Yeah, and right. magically in the sport that has cameras everywhere, they didn't happen to catch footage of that. I mean, right. they, I mean, they, they had, had a camera... A camera right getting Taz entering an empty building saying, I'm ready. Yet yeah. WCW <laughs> couldn't do this. They had a camera outside the barbershop window and outside um, <laughs> yeah, Randy Orton's window. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And inside Pillman's house when Austin broke in. Right, right, exactly, yeah. Well, but they were doing a video shoot with him. That made sense. Oh, that's true. Yeah, good point. But then we get Johnny B. Bad, right? So, uh, uh, the video package with this, Johnny B. Bad beat Flying Brian at Fall Brawl for a chance to face Sting for the U.S. title. He became a no-show because apparently he had a flat tire, DDP, and some... And he had, and he had no idea how to change a flat tire, apparently, because he had shit all over his face. Like, he looked like he changed a tire with his head. With his head, yes. <laughs> he used his face as a jack, apparently. <laughs> right, yeah, he lifted... Yeah, he got under it. He did a, a sit-up into the, into the bottom of the car. Right, and we thought the uh, WrestleMania match between Edge and Booker T over shampoo was bad. This match is happening over a flat fucking tire. Well, that was like um, Paul Orndorff, right? Remember Paul Orndorff had like two or three incidents where he showed up late because his car was fucked up or his car had been fucked with. Right, right. (laughs) This dude needs to fucking invest in some AAA, dude. Yeah, yeah. Mark Merrow doesn't have AAA or uh, Johnny B. Bad. He's a big star. He doesn't have AAA. He's got to change his own fucking tire. (laughs) We think Sable knows how to do it? Come on. (laughs) Oh, oh yeah. Uh, I had no idea that this was Mark Merrow. So, oh, you no. didn't know that? I, I didn't know that. That's, <laughs> That's Mark Merrow. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, dude, how many Johnny B. Bad matches have we watched? We've watched like I think one or a two, couple. But it no, just, this is like our but third. It just never dawned yeah, on yeah. me. I think That's I was just insane. too distracted. Like, what's with this fucking gimmick? Man. Adam thought Adam. it was Little Richard the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Little Richard looked good for ninety. <laughs> Our opening match is for the WCW Television Championship. Eddie's favorite name for a championship because this is being defended on pay-per-view. 
Diamond Dallas Page is the champion entering. He's accompanied by Diamond Doll Kimberly and Max Muscle taking on Johnny B. Bad. I didn't um, remember Max Muscle at all. Okay, Scott, I was going to ask you, who in the fuck is Max Muscle and why does his voice sound just like Damian Priest? <laughs> I hella do- And R.I.P. Max Muscle, by the way. Right, I looked it away. up. You could tell by looking at him that he would be dead by now. But, right, exactly. But I did he look did, it up, yeah. He didn't stand a good chance, but he made it to 2019. Um, I don't remember him at all. And I actually watched WCW. I believe I actually watched this pay-per-view when it went down. And I don't remember that guy at all. Like, he was just a blip on the radar. And apparently, he stuck around for a while in WCW. He went through a, diff- a couple of different character changes and whatnot. Uh, but he was hot garbage in this match. He's like uh, WCW Scott Casey. Pretty much, yeah. Or Ted Arcidi. Ted Arcidi, that's who I meant to say, actually. Ted Arcidi. Scott Casey yeah. works too, though. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, why does Johnny B. Bad come to the ring to a country song? These are good questions, dude. Uh, it, you know, you'd have to ask Dusty. It, that was fucking bizarre, because, I mean, he's obviously Little Richard. It should be a Little Richard type, you know, sounding song. It's, right, right. Like some piano going on. and like Yeah, but he's coming to fucking, like, uh, Waylon Jennings or some shit. <laughs> right, you think Dustin Rhodes was coming to the ring. No, yeah, it's, right. it's Johnny B. Bad. Yeah, it's like Jeff Jarrett's doing his fucking entrance music. Right, with Road Dog singing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a fake Johnny B. Bad shows up on the ramp, right? Yes. And then DDP's distracted, and then Johnny B. Bad, the baby face, comes through the crowd and jumps DDT. And that should be okay, right? <sighs> if it's WCW, yeah. If it's WCW, exactly. And right. DDP's gear, by the way, awful. Oh, I wrote it's um, one part hideous, two parts hilarious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and three parts, how dare you? Yeah. Um, so this match sucked. Really? I didn't mind it so much, dude, because this is DDP's like formative years, right? Okay. He was just kind of getting his feet wet. So this is 95. I think he went pro and like, well, he was a manager first. Right. But I think he really started to get his feet wet wrestling in about 94. And he was old. He was like 35. Yeah. He was going into his 40s. Really, right. when he started hitting the top of the card or even the mid card. Yeah. And he really didn't become a big deal, really, until around 97. And that was in huge part due to Macho Man. But right. you could really see him starting to kind of take shape in this match. Yeah. I didn't mind it at all. Johnny B. Bad is always good for an entertaining match. And while this isn't DDP's best, you could tell he was definitely learning and getting better. I mean, you could see the potential was there, and totally. I, I I agree. I always loved love a good Johnny B. Bad match. I just think he's so entertaining. Um, but I just thought it was a boring match, dude. They didn't do a whole lot, and I mean, it got to the point where I was like, I'm looking at my phone. I'm like checking uh, what country is on World all that day. Well, I had Chatterbait um, going in the background, so okay, it between, okay. It was between that and then watching this match, but right, you know, really, and you, like, and you enjoyed it. Despite Chatterbait being uh, next to it. He was watching right, Johnny you know. B real bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't mind this match at all, dude. Because obviously the focus of it was Max Muscle causing distractions. Yeah. And Tony Schiavone masturbating over Diamond Doll. Pretty much, yeah. Which I actually, um, I couldn't, rem- I didn't remember if for sure if that was DDP's wife. And I texted you and asked. And you were like, yeah. And I was like. Then you were like, yeah, she was in Playboy. And actually, I spent like a half hour or so earlier while we were waiting for Adam um, investigating that like a investigative historian that I am. You take this job seriously. You were doing your research. I take it very seriously. And I thought that I should see these pictures of her. Yeah. 
Yeah, you had to get a look at this warlock. <laughs> yeah. Um, my favorite part of the match was actually uh, Bobby Heenan was talking about Sabu and, and the Sheik, who were in a, in a later match, and he said that uh, the Sheik and Sabu make the Menendez brothers look like Laurel and Hardy. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> As we said earlier, Bobby Heenan makes everything better. Exactly, yeah. It got better toward the end, and it had like a very, it was a very 80s match, you know? It was. It um, was. The crowd loved it. Yeah, there was the part with where um, Max Muscle got involved, like you said, and Nick Patrick just did like the worst job of being distracted. I always thought he was kind of a shitty ref. I never liked him. He was. He was. Yeah, he wasn't great. Um, and that's really all I have to say about that match. Yeah, really, it was kind of like they were teasing the swerve of the Diamond Doll on DDP, and I think that split did end up happening a little bit right because she held she, she held up a ten for uh, for Johnny B. Bad at one point. Yes, exactly. And then Tony yeah. Schiavone said numerous times how hot she was. And yeah. that was pretty much it. Like a lot of folks, it was almost like a Macho Man match where the announcers were drooling over Miss Elizabeth the entire time. Right, or Corey Graves during any fucking uh, women's match. Can you blame him? Uh, I mean, what well, depends on who's in the match. Well, that's true. That's true. Good <laughs> you point. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have three quick notes on this. I just find it weird when Nick Patrick, when he does... He doesn't do it all the time when he does a count. It's like goes full full motion to uh, hit the mat, but does a nice tap when he gets there. He does. Yeah, he does shitty counts, Weird. right? Yeah, Nick Patrick sucks. He's no Pee Wee Anderson. Or Little Nate for that matter. Yeah, or that dude that smokes the blunts during the match at Hood Slam. <laughs> no wonder he got his ass kicked at uh, Invasion. Um, it's better than Drake Wartz, though. <laughs> what was it? Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, Max Muscle hit uh, a clothesline uh, when Johnny B. Bad uh, duck. He hit a clothesline on DDP, and that was how he capitalized for the pinfall win. That was no clothesline from hell, so what the hell kind of ending was that? It was kind of garbage, and like Johnny B. Bad basically punched Max Muscle in his neck. One punch, and yeah, he took one his punch. ass out. Yeah, and it was a horrible fall on Max Muscle's part. Just... Ugh. How that guy stuck around for like four years, I have no idea. But look, it, it did its job. It was entertaining. Opening bout, title change. It was cool. Get, I didn't mind it. Get, yeah, get the get the Whatever. face uh, or the win early. Get also, the crowd invested. Also, Diamond Doll held a per, held a perfect ten during the match. I thought for like two seconds that uh, she and uh, Johnny B. Bad, before I found out he was Mark Marrow, I thought that uh, they uh, ate in and out together and produced Ty Dillinger. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It took me so many times of you saying the in and out thing for me to get it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then it's a dick going in reference. And out. <laughs> <laughs> and then back in. And then back out. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's get to the next match. West Coast? All right. Um God damn it. Uh Skiavone and Brain are covering more about uh, Hogan and Giant. And then uh, I just noticed the crowd just started booing. I was like, what happened? <laughs> They're just talking. and Or unless, are they just getting sick of all these pauses? Uh, I No, I think they saw Zodiac coming out. <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe that was it. <laughs> and that's That was their version of how dare you. <laughs> yeah. WCW. That's our segue to the next match. Zodiac versus Macho Man Randy Savage with the stipulation of if Macho Man wins, 
he gets another match. That's like Macho Man's not going to win. <laughs> yeah. I guess the guy that looks like a fucking zebra. Hey, Macho Man, if you can go beat this clown, guess what? You get another match. Zodiac's walking to the ring, dude, and I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> did you not know about Zodiac? Or no, I knew about Zodiac. About no, I knew about him. We did that Brutus uh, episode uh, a while back. I didn't know how much research you did on him, though, or even like. Oh no, I knew all. I mean, I was aware of Zodiac at the time, but it was. I don't know what it was, dude. Just something about seeing him. Maybe I've never seen one of his matches, or I don't know what it was, but just something about seeing him walk to the ring, dude. I'm I'm at work in my truck watching this on my iPad. I'm laughing hysterically. Like anyone walking by must have been like, "What? This guy's mentally ill or something." Okay, I want to <laughs> dip into Adam's tricks and go. Here's a fun fact: Mattel recently released a Zodiac action figure. Oh my god, dude! I think I might need that to uh, set up here at the Drunker Dome. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> they also made a goon. I knew that. I knew about the goon. Okay, yeah, they made a Zodiac, so I'll see what I can do to land you one. I know you're a big fan. Here's another drunk fact. Um, I don't know if you notice me on the screen that I'm kind of standing. Yeah, why are you standing? Back. Because I'm. I rolled the bar over next to the table, and I'm making myself another drink. Well done, dude. Yeah, I'm a professional. I didn't want to get up and take a break to go make another drink, and I'm making them kind of small. They're little daiquiris. So I brought the bar to the Drunker Dome. Are you wearing your diaper? No, I'm not wearing a diaper, but they're small drinks. That's why. you know. Smart, yeah. smart. Yeah. So, yeah, the whole stipulation is if Macho Man wins this match and then Luger beats Ming later, then later in the card we get Macho Man versus Luger. Yeah, so it's effectively a tournament. A four-man tournament. Pretty much, yes. For no fucking reason. With, like you, with like no you, prize. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> like, like Zodiac or fucking Mang are going to win anything. But it's Well... Like, so, spoiler. But it's like, if, if Macho Man wins and Luger loses, then what's the point of Macho Man winning? Right, exactly. So, I think Macho Man either was injured going into this match... Or hurt himself during this match. Or just did not want to be in the ring with Zodiac that fucking long. Because that's embarrassing. Right. And Which we'll is get why to that. it was a quick match. <laughs> well, okay. So that kind of leads into my theory too. As to I think he was injured. Because this match was over in a hurry. Like you thought Dynamite versus Nikolai Volkov at the Wrestling Classic was short. Barring fan interference, this match maybe is going to be shorter than that. That's Whoa, right. Okay. There's the dude that jumps in so stupid yeah idiot. so what happened was so the first thing i wrote down as i was getting into the match was i hate macho man's music right now it's awful it's like a metal version of his original music and i was like fucking van hammer should have played him to the ring agree yes but then van hammer does a run-in <laughs> did you see that fucking guy didn't i thought like it was a... sebastian bach no he looked like van hammer if he fucking ran out of steroids <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> and, and started ref- fasting and he gets in the ring just very nonchalantly, like he's just getting in like a wrestler does. Like, and no, he, there's no sense of urgency to him getting in the ring. And then the referee tries to stop him. Then he goes bonkers. Yeah. And Macho and, and uh, Zodiac go straight outside of the ring. Yep. Smart on Macho Man's party. She's like, let's get the fuck out of here. Let right, let's get the ring. Exactly. And they can't get that guy out of there. You can see him in the background, and the crowd is going banana. Yeah, he was losing his mind. He was causing a ruckus. Yeah, and Bobby Heenan says the crowd's going crazy for Macho Man, but they're totally not. They're going crazy for Van Hammer doing a run-in. Yeah. And basically, 
he ruined the entire match. Macho Man got Zodiac back in the ring, pinned him right at the same time that they're finally getting this guy out of there. It was like two minute, a two-minute match with a two-minute run-in. It was fantastic. <laughs> so I don't know if Macho Man was like, fuck it, let's just get this thing over with. Like, miss a knee drop, elbow drop, we're going home. Maybe. I think Macho Man was hurt, honestly. You, you could be right. Yeah, I don't know. And that comes out later. I Like, no spoilers, but like, we'll get to Macho Man again later in the show. Okay. This was, um, with the run-in, this was better than any Brutus Beefcake match. <laughs> you stop it. You yeah. st- how dare you disrespect him like that? And I mean, look, dude, don't ever do a run-in. But if you do it, this is the way to do it. Oh, totally. Like, yeah. this dude ha- looked like a bad... Make them have a hard mo- time getting you out. This guy was like a bad motherfucker, you know? He, was. he shows up, he's got his hair down, and he's like in the fucking... I think he had, like, ripped jeans on and shit. Dana White like, should have signed him. <laughs> Eric Bischoff should have signed him. No, Totally. Yes. Yeah, it, it was fucking cool, dude. Yeah, it was my favorite part. Ruckus, have some fucking razor ruckus. <laughs> yeah, it was he was a bad motherfucker. Favorite, yeah, I loved it. Uh, mean Gene starts talking about WCW hotline stuff, and then and he mentions Mark Madden's on hotline duty tonight, and I couldn't be happier because there's no better place for Mark Madden than off my TV. <laughs> <laughs> Could be worse. Could be Meltzer. Oh, shit. Yeah, but you know what? At least Meltzer's voice doesn't want me to just fucking throw him out a window. I can't stand. <laughs> I've always hated Mark Madden. I've never liked the fucking guy. <laughs> it's just obnoxious. Uh, Johnny. And then. Oh. oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Just Johnny B. Bad shows up for a crazy interview. And me and Gene immediately invites him to the bar. Yeah, they're going to go to get Greek food and drink. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, they're in Detroit, so you eat Greek food there. Which <laughs> You go to Greek town. Missed opportunity then, yeah, like, on my part. I should have gotten some uh, dolma for this. Episode. Oh, yeah, that's a big thing there. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> he invites him to the bar. That was cool. <laughs> going to go eat euros and fucking get hammered. <laughs> yeah, and he's doing it in that announcer voice, too, you know. Oh, totally, yeah. After this, we'll go get euros and moussaka... And we'll go to the bar. <laughs> and we'll do a shot of Uzo. <laughs> Next. How do you say, I forget how you say cheers in Greek. Son of a bitch. Uh, oh, I used to know. shit. Mm. You're losing Opa. your touch, dude. Opa. Is, there it is. Is it just Opa? I thought that was just for bri- plate breaking. I don't know. I only know it Opa. Could be, maybe it could be for both. I'll find out in a bit. But the next right. match is Kurosama with Colonel Robert Parker versus Road Warrior Hawk. Trash. Trash. Everything about it. Garbage. Nobody gives a fuck about a solo Road Warrior. Right, right. They really who? don't. You cannot have Hawk go singles. This, and who, this is just trash. And who came up with Colonel Rob Parker? Like, you know what, you get the reference, right, Scott? You're uh, old enough to get that reference. No, I, I have no idea. Oh, really? You don't know that? N- no, I have oh, no idea. It's a fucking riff on um, Elvis's manager, Colonel Tom Parker. Oh, okay. I would have figured, like, you were, like, 20 when Elvis died. I would figured you would definitely know that. Will you stop? <laughs> yeah, that's what, the, it's like a fucking, you know, like a twist on, on Colonel Tom Parker. But oh, um, Yeah, right over Rob my Parker. head, dude. I had no idea. And who was Rob Parker was, I looked it up, but I forgot to write it down. Who was he? He I thought he was Jerry Jarrett, but he's not Jerry Jarrett. No, he's, uh, he's not um, Jerry Jarrett. Oh, fuck. He's, um. Oh, my God, dude. 
He used, yeah, he was a wrestler and then he became a manager. Adam, can we get a uh, drunk fact check on this? Yeah, we need a fact check, please. Thank you. He was a guy who was a promoter too, but I can't think of, fuck man. He was like a promoter from like a... like St. Louis or some shit. Yeah, um, he was sort of a big deal, and then he got the WCW contract to be a manager. Fuller, and... Fuller, Ron Fuller. Thank you, Fuller. Right, and I think yep. Fuller promoted out of one Robert of those Fuller. places over there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kurosawa is fucking huge, dude. Yeah, he's a big motherfucker, yeah. and he... it makes sense that they would have him go over Hawk in this match. I was shocked. I could not believe that Hawk lost, but I guess yeah, if you're going singles, yeah, kind of. Make... If you got if you got plans for Kurosawa. And Hawks without Animal. It does kind of make sense. Match was terrible. They end up on the... um, Rob Parker took a fucking uh, clothesline off the apron from Hawk, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And they get back in. Kurosawa hits a Samoan drop. He's got his feet on the ropes when he pins Hawk. And uh, Parker holds his feet. Yeah. And uh, beats him. It was like a two-minute match. Yeah, but you didn't see Road Warriors pin clean very often. Not that it was a clean pin, but I mean, even to take a three count... That was a big fucking deal for the Road Warriors, dude. You did mm-hmm. not get over mm-hmm. on the Road Warriors very often. But right. even still, nobody cares about Hawk without Animal and vice versa. And I'm the biggest fucking Road Warriors fan on the planet, dude. But you don't care about one without the other. You don't want to see him as singles. You want to see him as a tag team. And the crowd was just zero investment in this match, which is sad for Kurosawa. I mean, he did his job. Like you yeah. said, they probably had big plans for the kid. But after this match, they just didn't give a fuck. The crowd was just not into it. Yeah, they didn't care. And this is following the whole fucking um, Macho Man Zodiac match. and it, Yeah, not a good follow-up match at all. Yeah. Probably should have been the next match we're about to get into. Right. And that match is... Jay- oh, oh. Before, before the match, Macho Man's promo backstage, was that the craziest Macho Man promo of all time? Quite possibly, Like, yes. that guy was fired the fuck up, dude. I don't know what he was doing between matches, but he was fucking... Him and Gene were, like, talking shit to each other and making fun of each other's looks. And it was long, and he was, like, just more fucking animated than normal. You know what I mean? He was, like, yelling, like, the whole time and shit. He didn't even do that. You know, Macho Man will slow down. Yeah. He didn't do any of that. Yeah, the promo was longer than the match. Oh, yeah, dude. He was on fire. Like, he seemed like he might have been hanging out with fucking Sean and Marty. Like, maybe they, <laughs> they came to watch the show, or, you know, they were there for... Maybe this is when they were there for a tryout or something. I don't know. <laughs> Or he was, or he's hanging out with Nate. <laughs> Next Nate match. was taking something for the pain, and Macho Man. Came <laughs> Macho Man was hurt. Just saying. That's true. <laughs> All right. JL versus match. Sabu with the Sheik. EC Dub. Who the fuck is Mister JL? Jerry I've never heard Lynn. Of this guy. Wait, was that Jerry Lynn? Yeah, dude. Dude, I didn't even recognize him. JL. No way. Yeah, that was Jerry Lynn. I was so zoomed in on the Sheik because I'm fascinated by Sheik. Um, yes, I did not even so. notice that. Yeah. yeah, oh my God. Yeah, it was Jerry um, Lynn. So this is ECW like a year or two before you would actually get Jerry Lynn over in ECW having okay. amazing matches. Now, had Sabu been in WCW prior to this pay-per-view? I believe so, but not for very long. Okay, I was wondering if they brought him in for this because it was in Detroit. And I'm sure, so Detroit is like WWE territory at this point. Correct, yeah. And it's them going up north. I don't think they'd ever done any, I mean, there's not much north of Detroit, but I don't think they'd ever gone this far north before. I know they'd done Chicago, which was obviously Vern's, and then it was Vince's territory. Um, So I assume they brought in Sabu so that they could bring in the Sheik. Um, Just since we are a drunk wrestling history show, I thought I'd go into a little bit of the backstory of Sheik. 
Sheik was fucking huge in Detroit. They mentioned that numerous times. They did. Bobby Heenan was putting it over all night. Yeah, they were like, this is the building that the Sheik built. He Exactly, yeah. And that's kind of true. He was, I mean, he didn't build it. It would have been there without him. But he was a guy who filled that building up constantly. Like, he was kind of every territory had their big show. That was his big show. So he ran the Detroit territory. Um, It was called Big Time Wrestling, which is the same thing the San Francisco territory was called. Right. Which is the same thing that Kirk White, Kirk White, yeah, Kirk White's indie, a uh, couple minutes south of me was called. After that, also I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the Boston territory that was run by Kowalski, I think was called Big Time Wrestling too. I think it was Kowalski. I think it was. I could be wrong about that, but I think it was. It was either it was either Janucci or Kowalski. But I think it was Kowalski. Anyway, Detroit. Detroit was fucking chic territory. He was huge. He'd been the top star there for like 25 years because he was the promoter. He bought it back in the day from Jim Barnett and Johnny Doyle. Jim Barnett, you might know from later on, he would have been in WCW around this point. Yes. He ran that whole territory. He would have had um, yeah, like Michigan and Indiana. And um, he ended up splitting up. Sheik bought the Detroit part of it. Dick the Bruiser bought the Indiana part of it. Drunk fact. Jim Barnett used to fuck Rock Hudson for money. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Wait, who was paying who? Rock Hudson was paying Jim Barnett. I see. Yeah. Hmm. So, good for yeah, Jim hey. Barnett, right? That's a, I mean, Rock Hudson was a huge star. Yeah. yeah um, anyway, she, anyway right. Sheik wasn't much of a wrestler. He was one of the original hardcore guys. Like, Sabu fucking came through that shit, you know, came by that shit naturally. So, that's kind of, I just want to throw that in, some facts about the Sheik for anyone who didn't. Sheik's one of those guys, even when I was a little kid, I was aware of him because my dad used to talk about him because he used to come out here. Um, So, that's kind of it. That's all I want to say about that. He also once threw a fireball on Andre's face in Toronto, and he was kind of done with in Toronto after that. Oh, shit. Did he not clear it with the higher-ups first? No, he cleared it, I guess. But it was just one of those things like he was just unbeatable. Like, because he was a big star in Toronto, too. And it was like, okay, well, obviously Andre's going to beat him. And he didn't want to get pinned by Andre because he wanted to stay strong because he was a promoter, too. So to get out of getting beaten by Andre, he threw a fireball in his face. And I think he got DQ'd. I think that's smart. Yeah, and actually, in that territory, was sort of done with his ass after that, I think. There's a video of it on YouTube, too. Oh, shit. Okay, I got to check that out. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, you want to talk about the match? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to come up way short to your history lesson, but it is. Yeah, I mean, this is like watching an ECW match, really. Kinda, yeah. It's like all of Sabu's signature spots. Mm-hmm. A lot of high flying stuff from both guys. Yeah, and he just entertaining. It did its job. Yeah, Sabu won. He did a moonsault to the floor, and and. In the process, he kicked Sheik in the fucking head. Yes! Oh, my God. That was, like, right off the bat, too. Yeah, like, right at the beginning, he does a moonsault to the floor to uh, Jerry Lynn. And, like, it was just... I guess Sheik was in the wrong place, and Sabu, sloppy as usual, kicked him right in his fucking old-ass head. I bet Sheik loved it, too. Oh, also, another thing about Sheik. Sheik was the guy in the match in Japan where they lit the ropes on fire. He ended up... this Three years prior to this, he was in that match. He almost died. He ended up in a fucking coma. Um, I think from smoke inhalation. 
Yeah, and he would have been like 65 at that point. <laughs> I was going to say, how the fuck old was he in this match? Yeah, it was him and Sabu uh, as a tag team, and I forget who they wrestled. But yeah, in his 60s, he did a flaming fucking ring match and almost died. And then Damn. he comes back and gets kicked in the head by his nephew. Well, and then, of course, in this match, the shitty part was as they did have Sheik throw a fireball. The For bad no part reason. Is, For no reason whatsoever. Well, and then the camera doesn't really catch it. Not at all. No. And they didn't even catch it on the replay. And that's WCW shit, right? You have that spot worked out, (laughs) and you have the dude do it with his back to the hard camera. (laughs) Pre-NWO WCW at its finest. Yeah, right? Like, he should have been standing on the aisle side. Did they not know this was going to happen? You know, honestly, they might not have. Sheik was fucking nuts. Yeah, that's true. He may have just been like, let's call an audible. Hey, JL, look. Yeah, but the great part was the the fireball was after the match was over. <laughs> Sabu got the pin, and then he hit him with the fireball. Yeah, and then he hit him. <laughs> he wasn't even it was helping just, him win. It was just, I guess, the fans in Detroit just wanted to see a fireball. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. that match was crazy, but yeah, Sabu won. Yeah. I mean, that's like, what the fuck? That's rude. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't play <laughs> with someone's night. Oh, also, quick plug. I know a lot of that stuff about the Sheik because I'm reading a book called The Professor about the great Roy Shire, promoter from San Francisco, by Rock Rims. Um, if you guys are interested in wrestling, real wrestling history, you know, of the old, old school shit, check out Rock Rims on Twitter. And he sometimes puts his books on sale. Um, but a lot of what I know about what went on over that area is from, he touches on a lot of that in his book. So follow Not Rock a sponsor, Rims on Twitter. just a free plug. Yeah, I give everybody gets a free plug on the show. Nobody's fucking paying anything. Buy a shirt. Buy a goddamn shirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. After that, uh, master and taskmaster <laughs> theatrically monologue. What the fuck is the master, dude? <laughs> and this is where Eddie's wife checked out of the show. She did. She was in the living room when I was watching it. And I said, for some reason, hey, check this out. Something weird is going to happen, but I don't know what. And the second master turned around on that dumb throne, she was like, fuck this. She walked it. She left. And she she like went to the far end of the house, too. Not that I have a big house, but she went as far away from that TV as she fucking could. <laughs> she put Prince- some distance between herself and the master. <laughs> Prince IK is a scary motherfucker, dude. Is oh that who my that God, was? This was ridiculous. Is that who that was? Is that who 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 was the master? Yeah, King Curtis Iakea. Oh, dude, I thought it was fucking Abdullah painted blue. <laughs> He's like fucking Rebecca Remain in uh, X Men, like with the, with the fucking. Oh blue my paint. God! Oh, Jesus, was, dude, so bad, so bad. <laughs> this is like a mix of Ultimate Warrior promo mixed with like late '80s Hogan promo. On drugs. <laughs> I didn't on, know what to make. This talking about the moons and eclipses and all sorts of shit. It was baffling. I was watching this and I was like, this is what you put on your TV show if you don't want to get new fans. Right. Even <laughs> you know Kevin I mean? Sullivan was looking at Prince Ikea like, you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The, one, oh, the one thing I have about this is actually a suggestion. I hope uh, that we do an episode reviewing South the South Park episode WTF where they do wrestling. That's on my list. Um, That's really the only note I have from whatever the hell just happened. <laughs> you know, Kevin, Sol- <laughs> Kevin Sullivan was always supposed to be like a creepy guy. Even way back to his Tampa days, he was always kind of like that occult guy. 
and you couldn't find a guy who's less creepy. You know, he's like four feet tall and blonde for no reason. And I don't know. I never saw a guy less menacing. It, when I, Just when I thought he couldn't get less creepy, I noticed the lapel mic strapped to a singlet. And then he's way less menacing. When now he's on like TV show or TV judge shows. Getting sued for boat repayments by yeah, J.J. By, Dillon. By J.J. Dillon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's how creepy that guy is. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, you know he was standing on a box behind that fucking podium in the court, too. <laughs> the most fearsome thing about him is his bad credit. Yeah, right. Um, I don't even know what to make of this. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> well, <laughs> we've, said en- we've said enough. Well, yeah, I think we have. Well, they jump back uh, to... To, uh, Tony and Brain talking about so here's how much I didn't pay attention apparently there was an insurance policy mentioned and then they brought it up I was like what is this and the then Yeti. Uh, there's a reference there's reference to black ice and a Yeti Yeti a Yeti correct me if I'm wrong isn't a Yeti a snow creature right it is right. okay let's let's remember that a Yeti yeah. Is a snow creature. Yeah. We'll bring that up later. Is this before... Did we skip uh, Hogan and the uh, motorcycle? Uh, no, no, that's, that's coming up next. Right that's coming up next. This. Okay, okay. Hogan, Gene, and Jimmy Hart are giving away uh, Harley Davidson. And I don't get the... Because uh, Harley Davidson is out of like Kansas or something, right? Not Detroit. I, so I didn't really no, see what the connection it was. Milwaukee? Miliwake? Some fucking place. Turkey for Not... the good land? <laughs> no, Algonquin for the good land, isn't it? I forget. I mean, I, I forget what the exact line was from when. I think it might be Algonquin. Wasn't Hogan just on the fucking roof inside of a monster truck? Right. And now exactly. he's in the locker room doing a promo about a bike they're giving away? Yeah, and they're giving it away to some guy who's there with his, what appears to be his fiance slash daughter. Hmm. And I didn't think that happened in Michigan. No, oh, that's, that's he was. I was like, it must have been. It must have been Alabama. They must have been from the oh. Upper Peninsula, of Michigan. Oh, Ouch. Alabama. Ouch. Uh, yeah, our was, apologies to the listeners in Alabama. We mean upper, no disrespect. And the Upper Michigan Peninsula. Correct. Um, she that shit could not have looked more nervous. <laughs> right, like she didn't want to be there. She didn't know who Hogan even was. She didn't know what a motorcycle was. I'm not sure she spoke English. What's or, a like, mean gene? Dude, she looked she looked like you know how every couple years you hear about someone's like kids have been stored in the crawl space for <laughs> since they were born. She looked like that, like like the dude like the dude won the Harley and had to bring a kid there and he pulled her out of the crawl space <laughs> and went to the fucking uh Joe Lewis Arena or whatever whatever this place is called. It was the Joe it, oh, Jesus Christ, dude. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen, dude. Yeah. Yeah, she was definitely a kidnap victim. Yeah, she looked like she just came out of like Ed Gein's basement. <laughs> Like, found her way out and didn't know what to do. Let's just move on. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And that segment was longer than Macho Man versus Zodiac. Well, here's the best part. In this thing, Hogan threatened to toss the giant off the roof of the building one way or another and lay him next to his father. (laughs) Because fans, listeners... Apparently, the giant was Andre's son. This was the whole thing when Giant debuted, is that he was Andre the Giant's son. The shitty part is Hogan had to sell that. Mean Gene had to sell that. Bobby the Brain had to sell that. Bobby the Brain, yeah. Those were all three major players from WrestleMania 3. 
mm-hmm. and they all had to pretend like, yes, the giant really is Andre's son. <laughs> Classy move by Hogan. I'm going to lay you next to your dead father. After I fucking asked, after I killed him when I body slammed him and tore. Hey, it's better. Hey, it's better than tow. It's better than driving, uh, driving off and towing someone's dead father behind your car. <laughs> Which that's an episode we got to do. I slammed your dad and killed him, brother. And I'm gonna throw you off the fucking roof and kill you too. And now you're gonna die too, dude. And you'll be two Hulksters in heaven, brother. <laughs> You can write sing a song it. about you. You can sing it as a duet. <laughs> Poss- possibly around. Say hello to that little Hulkster in heaven that was at SummerSlam 92, brother. <laughs> he would give specific instructions like that. He would, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Hogan looks weird without the mustache. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, right. we didn't even mention that, that Hogan changed his look. Yeah. Well, the whole, like... It's uh, revealed in a video package later, but... Yeah, he's yeah. dressed like Hollywood Hogan, but this is like a year before he before was Hollywood happens, Hogan. Yeah. It's a precursor to what became Hollywood Hogan. But yeah, he's got the black top, the black pants, the black boots. Mm-hmm. He's clean shaven, no spray painted beard with the mustache thing going on. And he's got a black bandana on. So it's like the dark side of Hogan. Yeah, it's really weird seeing him without the mustache because you never see him. It's kind of like if yeah. you like know, like if you work with someone who wears glasses and suddenly they show up without glasses and they look really weird. Yeah, or like it's- if me and Adam and you shaved, like... That'd right, right, weird. right. Exactly. Yeah, it's just kind of odd to see him like that. And he looks like his mouth is all sunken in, like he has meth mouth. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he started doing meth or something. He's all sucked in. Right. Speaking of meth, uh, Lex Luger's up next. Jesus. <laughs> That's a segue. He's taking on <laughs> Mang with the Taskmaster. I had no idea Mang was in the the Dungeon of Doom. I don't know if Ming had any idea that he was in the Dungeon of Doom. <laughs> he did look a little lost out there, huh? Yeah, if I was him, I wouldn't want to be part of the Dungeon of Doom. Did you no, see that fuck fucking it. interview? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with Iokea. And dude, Ming was no joke. Like He's a crack bad motherfucker. He was a bad motherfucker. He would pop your eyeball out and not even think twice about it. This mm-hmm. match was slow. It was plotting. I actually blame Luger for that. Not great. I w- it, was, it was just not a great match it, it was really not wasn't. A, no by no stretch of the imagination was a, a good match Luger does the um, the best part of it was at the beginning he does the uh, drags Meng's eyes across the top rope spot yeah which I just love seeing that that was really cool um, I don't know um, I saw Sullivan's bald spot that was kind of fun <laughs> and then um, they keep talking about the Yeti through the whole thing they're not calling the match at all and then Mang does a nerve hold on Luger's hand. <laughs> what the fuck? Which I've never seen. Um, and it's I, not here, great. Here's what's in my notes. This match sucks. Tony keeps saying Yete. Best part of this match was texting Scott and goofing on it. Yes. Luger was going to be the next Hogan, and now he's doing this. Right. right. And the announcers are heavily insinuating that Luger's in the Dungeon of Doom. Yeah, they're also talking about what Bobby Heenan did last night. Like, he was talking about going out. Yeah, like Bobby Heenan was in some shenanigans or something. Like, making some kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, and he met up with the chick. Yeah, and Heenan starts joking about it and ha ha ha. So, you start thinking that Bobby Heenan's up to no good. But Bobby Heenan was always up to no good. That's why we loved him. Right. There was always some sort of mischief with him. Yeah, so, 
you get a uh, fucking Meng does the gold spike. The referee looks right fucking at it and then pretends he doesn't see it. Pretend, yeah. Then Sullivan swerves on Ming for some reason and then Ming loses. And my last note was, fuck, dude. Yeah, so now we're going to have to see Lex Luger again. Yeah, also, like, this is one of, uh, not to spoil anything that's coming up later, but this is the beginning of the swerves. Correct. Yeah, it, it gets really confusing from here. Yeah. Like, if you thought the show leading off with monster trucks was confusing, or you thought that that <laughs> interview with the Taskmaster and Prince Iakea was confusing. Yeah, they're not really the weirdest parts. No, no. This thing goes sideways quick. You think you're on LSD or something watching this show. Yeah. It just gets crazy. Right. Well, and then to get even crazier, we go to Giant in a track, uh, a race suit. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Which I was like, does he really need a race suit for this? He's just going to, they're going to try to push each other off a building. Yeah. Go. <laughs> yeah. You're only traveling, this is my, what, 100 feet max? <laughs> this is my dying suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This suit will protect me from death if my monster truck plummets 500 feet off the top of the building. Thank you, WCW, for my protective suit. Oh, fuck. If I burst into flames, I'll be fine. What a company. (laughs) Jesus. Who booked this shit? And Herd was gone. Is this Russo? Yeah, I know. This would have... I don't even know. No, it was way before Russo, dude. No, it was definitely not Russo. This would be... Maybe Barnett. The fifth grade class that did the intro package. Barnett was busy with Rock Hudson. He couldn't fucking focus on uh, booking the show. <laughs> Guys, I'm busy. <laughs> Next match is Flying Brian and Arn Anderson versus Sting and Ric Flair. There's no Ric Flair. All the references were that he was attacked backstage. No footage. I don't even know if the crowd knew that this, if this was referred to. <laughs> I don't think they do, dude, because I don't think there's a big... Because uh, something else came up at another point where I was like, I don't think the crowd saw what happened. Oh, I don't think they saw the monster truck shit because I don't think there's a screen above the ring. I don't think that there is either. So they're assuming, like, this is all for the crowd at home. So yeah. the people in the crowd are like, okay, Flair swerved on Sting already? Right. Yeah, I guess so. They're, they must be confused. But, like, finally we got some big fucking stars on both sides in a match. It, like, yes. Yes. Uh, like when this started, I was like, okay, now we got a match. And this is the first time the crowd really, really heats up. You know, and this is the of- first really, really good match of the card, even though it's a handicap match. Right, right. Um, these guys can't do a fucking thing to Sting early on. Sting is running this shit. He's a badass, dude. Just like when Triple H at 31. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. reversing everything. He's got everything figured out. Sting is the man, dude. Yeah, he's like unstoppable until Arn gets tagged in and then he slows things down for a minute. Yeah, because that's you know? what Arn does. He's a fucking... Tactician in the ring. Right, right. Um, yeah, he shoots, but then but then Sting shoots uh, Pillman, or shoots Arn into Pillman, and then he tosses Pillman from the floor, like, or to the floor from the top rope or something, right? Like, Pillman's on the top rope, and Sting tosses him to the floor? Yeah. Yeah, that was cool, and I was like, in my notes, I wrote, Sting is fucking these guys and up. And he's just owning that ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and then Flair finally comes out. It. He's not chasing after them. Make the opponents work for it. Right. They. They. Yeah. So they get some heat on on Sting for a while, and then Flair shows up. Like he's yeah. just, He he comes out like Hogan at, at the end of four to save the day. Um. And he is on fire. He's strutting <laughs> and just 
He's wearing whatever. khakis. He's, he's got khakis. dress shoes on. His head's yeah, fucking got, taped up. Yeah, yeah. He's just he's you never seen seen Flair this out of control. And then he quickly calms down and waits to get tagged in. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he composes himself very quickly. Right. He pulls it all together and calms right down and focuses. <laughs> yes. So if you'll recall, not too long ago we did a watch along for. Oh crap! Was it? It was Halloween Havoc '98. Hogan and Warrior. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a Buff Bagwell and Rick Steiner match versus the Giant and Scott Steiner in which there was an immediate swerve. Right. This match reminded me a lot of that. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, so to, yeah, long story short, from this point on, it's Sting trying to tag out. He yes. finally makes a tag after a good five, six minutes. And you're like, cool, hot tag. This is going to be fucking good. Because uh-huh. you kind of when Flair shows up, you're like, man, this is going to be a good match now. Yeah, because Flair's and, fired the fuck up, dude. And Flair gets in and immediately starts whipping on fucking Sting. Yeah, he, he runs the ropes. And he's like doing his little strut. And then he fucking pops Sting right in the mouth. Yep. Vintage and, Flair, dude. Like these guys feuded. At this point, it's 95. They've been fighting for like eight years. Yeah, what was that match? We watched a Flair Sting match. Was that Starcade. Halloween Havoc 98? Or Starcade, yeah, yeah. So, right. right, and their first match ever was at Clash of Champions in 88. That was the WCW show that went head-to-head with WrestleMania 4. Right, right. That was their first match ever. Here we are in October of 1995, and what's towards the top of the card? Sting and Ric Flair doing yes. the same shit, dude. It yep. was always... Money. Say what you will. Those guys were always money. And growing up a Sting fan and growing up hating Ric Flair for the heel that he was, that to me was, it's one of the greatest feuds of all time. Sting versus Ric Flair is timeless. It really is. I mean, they were the last match on the last Nitro. Exactly. Yeah. And there was was a reason for that. Those guys were staples. Yeah. They both were wearing shirts, but still. And if you want to argue, (coughs) excuse me, who was the greatest star that WCW ever created? In my mind, it's Sting. I would say so, too, because Flair was... Uh, I mean, Flair preceded WCW. He did. He was a territory guy. And right. then when the NWA became kind of one thing, Flair led that charge. Yeah. But as soon as WCW or then NWA acquired Sting, they saw the potential. They put the rocket on his back, and he was NWA slash WCW from the time that he hit the top of the card, which was like yeah. late 87. From that totally. point on, Sting, in my mind, the greatest WCW performer of all time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it ends up being the results of the match ends up being a DQ, which this is two DQ finishes in a row. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Right. Back to back DQs. Booking. It's like at four when it was two matches ending with a cane. Yes. Oh, good point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the, uh, what was it? It was the gang and um, strike gang force and Savage. Yeah. Yeah, and then Strike Force and Demolition. Yes, exactly. Yeah, like, damn. Um, but then it was cool because at the end you get Mean Gene up on the stage, and Mean Gene is on fire. Oh, he's pissed. He's pissed. He starts fucking talking shit. He takes a shot at Bobby Heenan, which I thought was not. I didn't think that was fair. That was uncalled for. That bald fuck. Yeah, right. He's saying how awful this is. He plugs the hotline. 
Yeah. And, um, yeah. I love you, great. Eugene, but don't talk shit about Heenan, goddammit. Yeah, but when he went into the hotline plug, it was so funny because it reminded me of that, you know, Casey Kasem with the death dedication. <laughs> you know that clip? <laughs> yes. Right, God right. Goddammit. <laughs> I, I keep telling you guys, you can't come out of these goddamn upbeat records and do a death dedication. <laughs> death dedication. <laughs> God That's bless the- Mean Gene Okerlund, dude. He it- could sell snow to a fucking Eskimo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And God bless Casey Kasem as well. And Bobby Heenan. And, and Bobby Miss Heenan. Elizabeth. And Miss Elizabeth. And um, Bam Bam and Crash Holly. Yes. And, and Rick uh, Rude. And Junkyard Dog. And Mr. Perfect. Thank you. You know what's weird? You know what's funny with Casey Kasem is I have my car stereo turned to the 80s station. Um, and I, I never listen to it. Or once in a while, like if I turn the car and there's a good song, I don't leave it. But that's the channel my uh, shit's just set to by default. But then I'll switch to Bluetooth, play something through my phone. On Sunday mornings, if I get in the car, like I'm going to get a burrito, you know, for breakfast. Casey Kasem's um, Top 40 Countdown is on that channel. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so most Sundays I get in the car and I hear Casey Kasem. And it's kind of weird because the dude's been dead like 15 years. Yeah, holy shit, dude. That's got to be great to hear. Yeah, but they still play his Top 40 Countdown. And most of the time I get in there and it's like number 35 and like, Whatever song was number 35 that week in 1986 fucking sucked. You know, so I kind of change it as soon as the song comes on. But it's, it's pretty cool to get in the car and hear Casey Kasem's voice. Or Aside Sha- from Howard, best radio voice ever. Yeah, no, I think he's got a better voice than Howard for radio. Oh, okay. Yeah, Howard has a good face for radio. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> See, I get in the car and it's usually the Valentine's Day episode that comes on. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> I like listening to us pop Adam. Yeah. Pop that Adam. Hey, pop that Adam. Pop that Adam. <laughs> All right, Adam, let's move on. <laughs> Mike Tanay interviews Luger. Yeah. And uh, let's see. And now we start with the video package of uh, the lead up to uh, Hogan and Giant. They met at monster the, trucks and giants and the monster trucks still don't make sense. Yeah. It's, but it was cool when they interviewed the guy that built Hogan's truck and he said they run on alcohol. I'm like, that's cool. This podcast runs on alcohol too. <laughs> yeah. Right. If one of Yo, those seismic, what's the monster truck uh, called goes off with alcohol. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. What's the name of the monster truck? Marty. <laughs> <laughs> It was, was there a sunny, there was no reason for the monster truck is just because Hogan had a motorcycle. He shows up with a monster truck because right. Cause he ran his monster. He ran his motorcycle over with a monster truck. This is the most dumb convoluted, stupid fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Like as YouTube fucking a dead girl made more sense. You hate that thing. (laughs) I mean, at least she was a cheerleader, you know? (laughs) <laughs> but look, this pay-per-view goes full circle, right? We started off the show with a match about a flat tire, and we're going to end it with monster trucks. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. We take Didn't it full circle. It. That's nice. They were telling a story, you see. <laughs> so we get on the roof, and the referee for this monster truck. So it's a sumo match. They have a giant circle monster drawn truck on the building. sumo match on the roof of Cabo Hall next door. Yeah, and suddenly I'm like, wow, Big Show and Akibono is not the worst sumo match I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Also, if this was... <laughs> That's a watch along. Oh, yeah, that'd be a good one, dude. Dang, so you're saying he was in You get to see Big Show's balloon match. knot. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
For some reason, they drew the damn circle right at the edge of the building. They got this whole building to draw a circle, and they put it right near the edge of it. Right, and stuck Giant's truck there. Yeah. Um, and the referee goes over the rules. I forget who the referee is. He's like uh, the, uh, the Bigfoot guy or something. And, and <laughs> some then uh, Bischoff is now in uh, comment- commentating. Yeah, which I, that didn't make sense either. No. And apparently they placed charges on the roof of the building as well. Two random right, charges uh, that will go off if you hit them. Right, so it's like BattleBots. It's like the BattleBot yeah. arena where you go into certain parts of the fucking track and there are like hazards there. So like they could... So not only could they be pushed off the building, they could also be exploded. This seems like a jackass skit, right? Or <laughs> It's yeah. set up that way because then... Like, the concept is that both of the trucks are going to be welded together at the bumper. <laughs> this is Chris Pontius. Welcome to fucking Sumo Monster Truck. <laughs> oh, that would be great if they did that. Hey, Johnny Knoxville, <laughs> is this where you got your idea? Let us know at Wrestling Underscore Drunk. <laughs> and they looking forward the to seeing you together? at Mania. <laughs> It was the whole thing was I don't know who thought this shit up and how much did they spend on this? Oh, <laughs> more than they paid Johnny B. Bad and DDP. <laughs> yeah, it was probably cost more than Glacier's entrance. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, dude, th- th- what a mess! Imagine the raise they could have given Van Hammer. <laughs> oh yeah, he could have been at the show. Yeah, he was at the show. <laughs> he was at the show. He did a run <laughs> during the Zodiac. Oh match. shit! Good point. Good point. Um, so it's a bunch of back and forth. It's boring as shit. All I'm doing watching it is trying to figure out if those guys are really in the trucks. And I kind of think they were. If not, they, they were. Got, okay, I was say if not, they got guys that looked like them anyway. No, no, no. It was them, and then they had a guy in each truck that apparently was willing to give their life for the sake of the show. To go down with the truck if it got pushed off the building. Because here's the best part. It probably was Pontius. <laughs> and we, man. <laughs> here's the best part. Okay, say you do manage to push one of the trucks off the roof. You're going with it. It's fucking welded together. Yeah. Brilliant. And they mentioned that earlier in the show. Yeah. Brilliant. So nobody gets pushed off the roof in the truck. They uh, Hogan ends up pushing uh, Giant out of the circle. Because, because even not? in a monster truck match... Hogan isn't losing. Right. <laughs> yeah. They get out. They get into a scuffle. They end up on the ledge for some reason. I guess Giant wanted to throw Hogan off of it. Hogan turns it around. He throws him off. And like you mentioned earlier, he threatened to throw him off. Now it's happened. And he's like, help. Somebody help. Somebody help. Call an ambulance. <laughs> he's laying next to his father, brother. Yeah. <laughs> I told you. Yeah. This time I woke a mania. This time I really did kill someone with a body slam, brother. My back. <laughs> so And that's it. So then it goes back to the announce uh, desk and you're like, really? what happened? Yeah. Everyone's distraught. Here, just my big takeaway and maybe Scott knows the answer to this. Uh, first off, the, the biceps on Hogan's truck. Oh, boy. <laughs> because trucks oh, yeah, need biceps. And the, and the Giants truck had like vertebrae or something, and right? Teeth. No, it was teeth. Oh teeth! Oh, that's... yeah. It was like a, a like a, a dinosaur jaw or something. It was like teeth and like it yeah. was biting. It's even stupider. Okay, it was awful. Was the purpose of this monster truck match to possibly get some toys out? I believe they did make little monster trucks of them. Yes, like micro or this would be like more Hot Wheel of a size, micro I believe. Project, right? Or 
Yeah, I was never into the die casts, but I think they did make them at some point. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Or or they even could have appeared at like monster truck shows. I mean, I'd think you'd do something with those trucks after. You'd have to. You invested so much in them. You know, yeah. once you split the weld, send them off on the circuit. Have them go do right, monster truck right. shows. Even if they yeah. don't do anything, like have it meet everybody at the entrance or something. Yeah, exactly. Take a picture with the truck. Five bucks. So now we're led to believe that Giant is most likely dead, but it yes. sort of sounds like, I, I guess this arena must be right on the river. Because they're like, did he fall in the river? I guess like the backside of the arena is right against the water. I don't know. I've been to Detroit, but I didn't go to that arena. Yeah, because Bobby was like, did he fall on the the street side or the water side? Yeah, and he was like, I worked with that man's father. Somebody tell me, like, Bobby Heenan was not happy with this. No, he did a great job of selling it. He really did. Yeah, like, we need to know, like, how is it, like, how does nobody know? Like, how is there not someone out there just with a camera? It was like they literally just watched Faces of Death. Right, right. And, and you're like, like, it was okay. panic and it was pandemonium. Right, and you're like, oh, okay, if he fell in the river, he's definitely still dead. Right. Right, that's quite a plummet. Yeah, right. By the way, this then, uh, continues on during the, the bonus match of Lex Luger versus Macho Man. That takes place, but yeah, let's just get back to Bobby the Brain just talking about what transpired. Because that's all I yeah. had paid attention to. Right, so we get yeah, exactly, it trampled over this match. Yeah, nobody's they're not talking about this match whatsoever and it as a result it probably was an okay match but I didn't pay attention to it at all because I'm thinking is yeah, is giant a hulkster in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is where Hawk versus Kurosawa should have gone on. Ooh. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. This should have gone on before the monster truck fiasco. Yes, you do not put Macho and Luger in this spot. They should have gone on way earlier in the card because you basically just watched a snuff film. Mm-hmm. Hogan killed a man. Oh, but back to the show. Let's watch Macho Man versus. Well, Luger. right. Yeah. How do you follow murder? <laughs> exactly. Like you think you think following Sean is hard. Um, I, they just buried the match. And, yeah, like I said, I didn't care. Jimmy Hart was there for some reason. I didn't even know why because nobody was explaining it to me. Yes. Yeah, he just randomly showed up. So we know that there was some sort of weird thing with Luger and Sting and Savage and Hogan. Like, they all started to have distrust amongst each other. You didn't know who was on whose side. But to my point earlier about Macho Man, his arm was not that heavily taped in his match earlier. But in this match, his entire left arm is taped. Didn't notice that. Yes, and if you notice during the match, he's favoring it. Okay, so you think he heard it early in the Mang match? It was either he was hurt in the Zodiac match. Um, or Zodiac match, I meant, yeah. And they just cut that short. Or he heard it during Go the home, match. brother. Yeah. <laughs> or he heard it during the match. Or he heard, and... it walk- he heard it walking to the ring like Kevin Nash. <laughs> Very possibly, yes. <laughs> Giant fell on it. Right, yeah. I didn't even catch that, but okay, now I get what you're saying. Yeah, I he was hurt in this match for sure. And I yeah. think that definitely played a role in the amount of time total that Macho Man was in the ring for two matches. Okay. Um, was it weird to you guys that Bobby Heenan was more concerned about whether Giant had died than Tony Schiavone was? Tony was kind of being a dick about it, right? He was sort of blowing it up. He's like, yeah, I don't know, brain. Fuck, what do you want from me? Yeah, like, Tony was like Drago. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> yeah, right. Tony right. didn't give any fucks, dude. Yeah, he was kind of just uninterested. He's like, I hope he's dead so that Hogan gets a night off. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. And then we move on to the last match. This is for this is the <laughs> WCW Heavyweight Championship, supposedly, because Bobby the Brain is still hot, wondering if it'll still happen. Uh, it's Hulk Hogan, the champion, versus the giant. Michael Buffer does the intros. And not only did Giant show up, but he had time to change into his ring gear and dry his hair. In that don't try this at home video, when everybody is like showing signs of injury and then they show the rock just like walking. Triumphantly striding to the ring. He's striding. He's not walking. <laughs> that was the giant after plummeting to his death, apparently. <laughs> like he was the rock from that don't try this at home commercial. Yeah, he's like striding to the ring. Yeah, he's like Tupac, like, fuck dying. <laughs> Dude, he didn't even have a scratch on him. No, no, he's in great shape. <laughs> he was fine. <laughs> he landed he on been... his feet like fucking Iron Man. You know what would have been fucking awesome is if he was smoking a cigarette on the way to the ring? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, dude, so yes. Um, why is Hogan painted like Taskmaster, and why is he wearing a shirt? <sighs> okay, so that wasn't even the craziest part of this match. It was just... No, the craziest part was Giant coming back from the dead. Uh, yes. But then you get towards the end when all the players come in and it's... It, pandemonium. I, I it, <laughs> Trying to figure out all of the fucking threads in this match is just way too many loose ends. And they were okay. just trying to create havoc to make people tune in for the following night's Nitro, it seems. Don't you mean trying right. to create some Halloween havoc? Thank you, Adam. Oh, well thank you, done. Adam. Well done. That's why you're the host, yes. sir. That joke was um, better than the ending of this. Show yeah, let's go through the match. Named Havoc. <laughs> let's go through the match kind of quickly. I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on the match itself because all the everything that happened was happens it a match? This was just it. It was introed as a match, then became a who's who. <laughs> yeah, it right. Really it really did. Yeah, yeah. It's like a red carpet. <laughs> And let's keep in mind, too, the Giant is a rookie at this point. Mm -hmm. he, right? Mm -hmm. Like, DDP has more ring experience at this point than the Giant. He yeah. hasn't had a match um, you, know what it, you know what I did notice about this match, which I never caught before? Giant did look like Andre when Andre was young. Yes, he did. Right? He was built just like him. And I always heard Hogan tell that story about when I met him. He was just like Andre. But watching it, like, I haven't seen a lot of Giant stuff, because even by the time he got to WWE four years after this, yeah. well, three and a half years after yeah. this, he was bigger. You know, he'd filled out and was wider. Yes. But at this point, he was still, like, he had, like, Finn. an athletic build. Yeah, and very he, athletic. He, and he really reminded me of when you see Andre in, like, the 70s. Right, where Andre was still, like, very, very mobile and could get around that ring. Yeah, and he was doing, like, shit off the top rope. That's right. what this reminded me of. So that was actually kind of cool. And I was like, of course you fucking said he was Andre's son. It actually kind of, it's still like a dick move, but it kind of made more sense. Well, if you, you know? can get the powers that be, namely Heenan, Hogan, Mean Gene, the guys that were there, if you can get them to buy in and sell it, well, more power to you. Exactly, exactly. And yeah. WCW did that. Um, they do the test of strength, blowjob spot. Yes, and I guess they did this because the one with Warrior hadn't gone viral yet because this is pre-internet days. I, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I imagine Hogan would never do that spot now. No, no, no. That spot's right. right out. But that was pretty fucking good. It's also the dumbest thing to do in a wrestling match. It really is bad. Let's lock up with our hands and see who's strong. Yeah. And then one of you's going down for a blowjob. Yeah. Um, Giant goes for a fisherman suplex. Did you catch that? And he hooked the wrong leg? Yeah. <laughs> like I said... Dude, He's like, brand new. It, if it wasn't his first match, it was one of his first matches. Yeah, yeah. Um, he goes for a, a leg drop. Hogan hulks up. 
But then it didn't go to the finish, which was kind of weird. Did you notice how gentle the giant was every time he had to set Hogan down? He was, yeah, yeah. Like, he was cradling him, dude. Right. Because he well, didn't want to get backstage and have Hogan accuse him later of fucking him up. Or fuck him up and not get to work with him for the next couple months. Exactly. That was easy money for the giant, dude. So every time he did a move to Hogan, it, oh, it was yeah. he was like putting down a baby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, giant fucking just says, fuck this. He leaves with uh, Kevin Sullivan. Hogan goes to get him. Brings him back in, and then we go into the longest bear hug I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, we already have a rest hold, brother. Like a bear would actually kill another bear in <laughs> way less time than this. And then or I Hillbilly noticed, Jim would have killed a preliminary jobber back or in the day. Hillbilly Jim would have finished his Hall of Fame speech in less time than this. <laughs> actually, that's not true. I think he's. I think he's still not done. <laughs> Mister T talked about his mother in less time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My mother shared her urinary tract with us. <laughs> that was my favorite part. The dude actually said urinary tract in a Hall of Fame speech. <laughs> and then went on to explain that he never raped no one. Uh, that's that's the, wa- the Hall of Fame. That's the watch along we got to do. <laughs> I'm just going to fucking write the whole speech out and have Adam recite it. <laughs> And we'll do like mystery science theater. Like you and I can talk about it while he's doing it. (laughs) God, I'm going to die. And then they kind of got the crowd for a minute in the, in the bear hug, but then they lost them. And then Hogan escapes. He takes a choke slam. Then he really hulks up. Um, He does the big boot, the eye rake. And then he finally slams him. Then Jimmy Hart takes out the ref, and you're like, wait, what the fuck? And it was like, wait, another one of those things. You can't pin him with the ref down. You got to do and something. And it's another spot that the camera didn't catch. Exactly, yeah. Or if it it did, it wasn't really caught well. Like, yeah. it should have been zoomed in on. Right, right. Which I guess in a way you could argue that it made it seem more realistic. I guess. You know, like because why would the camera necessarily catch that? But it was a high spot of the match. It should yeah. have been featured more. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hogan didn't see it. Right, he he didn't know what happened, so he so he's like, "What the fuck happened to the ref?" So he and Jimmy help the ref up. Then Jimmy Hart hits Hogan from behind, and then another bear hug. Right, and Hogan sees Jimmy like, "Oh my god, it was you!" And then yeah, bear hug. Yeah, and then Kung Fu Sullivan comes in and starts doing karate chops on Hogan, <laughs> the blonde Kung Fu master. <laughs> and it reminds me more more of why I can't stand fucking Kevin Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> And then things go fucking bonkers from there. You get Luger and Savage Luger and run Savage in together. Out, yeah. Neither of them have taken a shower since their match. They're still in the ring gear. They go to make the save. Luger swerves and attacks Macho Man. Yep. And here comes the fucking Yeti. The Yeti. Yep. So let's go back a little bit. Yes. What is the Yeti again, listeners? And, well, he's and like a monster. Channel. The Yeti. What is the Yeti supposed to be? The Yeti is supposed to be a also known as the Abominable Snowman. Yes, so or you're thinking like a big foot, ice like or snow. Not, not, not to be confused with the abominable stretch. Correct. That should have been the Yeti's finish, actually. It should have been. <laughs> he was like eight stretch. feet tall. Right, right. But no, he's a mummy. He's a mummy. <laughs> Which he could have just been called the mummy because that makes as much sense as the fucking Yeti. And how fitting during Halloween fucking havoc. <laughs> The snowman right. is dressed as a Yeti or is right. dressed as a mummy. 
Yeah, have you ever gone into Spirit when you're getting ready for a Halloween party and seen Yetis? <laughs> There's nothing creepy or Dungeon of Doomy about Yetis. Mummies work perfectly with the master. Oh, Correct. Duh. Yeah. What a fucking clown show. Uh, Unless in the Dungeon of Doom, the original cavemen originally preserved this Yeti. Sorry, Yeti. In, in whatever toilet paper that the master was using. Because <laughs> he couldn't get up. <laughs> Yeah, and then they proceed to do some weird DP job on Hogan, and then some weird DP job on Savage. What do you mean a DP job? Where they got on either side of him and like smothered him, dog leg humping. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, Yete was dry humping Hogan. Yeah, I did have that in my notes. Right, so Giant was docking Hogan. (laughs) Yeti was taking him from the back, like Barnett and Hudson. (laughs) And then they did it to Savage. And I'm like, that's quite a finishing move. And and Yete was going crazy too, dude. He was like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like there was some power behind these thrusts. And yes. quick, quickness, quickness. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, he just risen from the dead, so. <laughs> yeah, that's He's true. He's been yeah. dead for how long? He's got enough, yeah. well, uh, you, everything's still working. <laughs> well, you know, if it had been that long, you'd think he would have finished faster. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot confirm. <laughs> and these are the people that Luger is now aligning himself with. Yeah, exactly. Luger's going to hang out with these fucking morons. Right. Um, Luger puts Hogan in a, in a torture rack. And then he does it to Macho. And I'm like, damn, dude, Macho and Hogan have no friends. None. Like, Cause somebody Sting didn't even come to help him. Right. You think Sting or Firebreaker Chip or fucking PN Hammer? Like, Van Hammer, God willing. You'd think somebody would be coming out. The Diamond Doll. No. <laughs> yeah. A um, turn will somehow, save you. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow Giant won by DQ, which didn't even really... I don't even know. I don't. Well, because Jimmy hit the referee with the belt, and Jimmy was with Hogan. Oh, right. So much shit happened, I forgot. Yeah, it, it was just insane. And all of these shenanigans, just to get the viewers to tune into Nitro, in the hopes that WCW would somehow sort this crap out. Right. In a, in a pay-per-view that started with a flat tire... <laughs> This is what we ended up with. Right. You get Flair, Luger, and Jimmy Hart all swerving. Yes. You get three matches ending in DQ finishes, two of them back-to-back. I will say that the explosion on the roof was better than what happened with Mox and Omega. Oh, way better. Way better. <laughs> yeah, that looked like it would hurt. They should have gotten those pyro guys. No, it was Mox. No, it was Mox and Kingston. The Kingston saved Mox. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, WCW had a little bit more. Yeah, no, they don't have more money. I don't know. I don't. Not in '95, they didn't. Yeah, cents. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, yeah. To kind of wrap it up, you've got, like I said, the three guys swerve. You got three fucking DQ finishes. Giant falls off a of no roof. Uh, falls off a roof with no explanation where he landed or how he survived. We never figured out where he landed. Nope. Like. Which should be a simple answer. You should know what side of the building that fucking ring is, that circle's on. Correct. I mean, when they you were rolling pull- the credits for the pay-per-view, there should have been a guy who uh, was like, ah, with his family, ah, enjoy that show. Where's my car? What the? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Giant landed on a car and he was fine. Yeah. Um, we also had a pointless fucking two-round tournament. Yes. For, and no Bobby Heenan kept... 
And Bobby Heenan kept saying, you'll never see another pay-per-view like this. And fortunately, he's been right so far. He was completely right. He predicted that shit in 95. And here we are almost 30 years later, and he was totally right. Yeah. And with all the weird shit at the end, I was really wondering. First of all, I thought Giant should have won, but not clean. Like, you could either have him cheat, or you could have, like, a um, ref bump spot, like at six, where Hogan gets a pin on Giant. But it doesn't get counted. Right. And then Giant wins. I I really thought Giant should have pinned Hogan in this match. Um and I was like, I wonder if this was Hogan's convoluted way of not losing to have all this weird shit happen. That seems uh, Hogan-y. Hogan-esque, that would, if you will. The funny, sound he right. couldn't even lose the monster truck battle. No. <laughs> Hogan doesn't lose, brother. No. Fucking Hogan went over and everything. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just glad that Giant didn't die a few days after this match like his dad. Correct. <laughs> yeah. And Hogan was still walking, apparently, like he didn't tear all of the muscles in his back after right. slamming the Giant. Right. And the last note. I have is Jesus fucking Christ, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Now you see why I wanted you to watch this? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I hope this made as good of a ma- uh, pay- uh episode as you thought it would and I hope if anyone saw our flyers over WrestleMania weekend and listened to it, you enjoyed this. We didn't. We did this for you. <laughs> yeah. We suffer for our art. <laughs> now go buy a shirt. Yeah. Uh or buy us a drink. I, yeah, I just have... Only- Someone buy me a drink right now. I'm almost out of fucking rum. Me too. I need a refill. Mm-hmm. I just have one thing that probably uh, set bad vibes for the rest of the show. Uh, the monster. It was supposed to be a monster truck sumo match. First off, what the fuck? And if it was a sumo <laughs> match, why was there no fucking salt before the match? So I think that drove bad luck through the rest of the show. Good point. Giant fell to his death, supposedly. <laughs> yeah. Only If only the salt could save him. What did you all think of this episode? <laughs> Are you watching this episode? Tell us the dare that you lost that uh, resulted in it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let us know on our social media platforms, on uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at wrestling underscore drunk. Uh, please, uh, and if you're new here, Welcome. We hope you enjoyed. Make sure to smash that subscribe button on all the things because that's what millennials say. Uh, But we hope that you stick around with us on this drunken wrestling adventure. Uh, We have have good episodes. This one was just weird with swerves and monster trucks with teeth and biceps. Yeah. yeah, if, If you didn't like this, go back and listen to the WrestleMania 31 episode. Yeah, that was way less that's, of a shit show. Yeah, that's that was much better. I mean, that one has a tank in it. The bank <laughs> and it doesn't a bang bus a, a, a bang tank, tank without biceps. It's just a tank being a tank. <laughs> yeah. uh, a tank with a big fucking dick inside. <laughs> Lana's bare feet. <laughs> Who throws a shoe? Honestly, uh, on behalf of Eddie and Scott, I'm Adam. Uh, Reminding all of you to please stay safe, enjoy buzz, watch wrestling responsibly, drink like nobody's watching. Also, happy WrestleMania weekend to all of you. Yes. Yeah, we hope everybody enjoys the show. I'm sure everybody listening to the show is going to watch that. I hope you guys all enjoy it. Um, look for me on camera. I'll be in the shitty seats where you won't be able to see me, but still, try to focus on that. And, You'll or be my singing Judas. And yeah, it will, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, we're going to try to get a, a Judas sing-along going and um, look for my third wife. Uh, hard camera, front row, green uh, tank top. And, 
yeah, and let her know. Uh, we will see you all next time for another great episode. One, two, three, yate. Dive. R.I.P. Brother.